we're going to go ahead and start. I want to open it up in prayer, and then I want to talk today about some of the, the leadership principles that the Lord's been speaking to me about uh, and kind of refining in my life. So, Lord, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would speak today, or that you would encourage us, that you would minister to every person exactly what they need to hear, and that every person would encounter your presence and hear your voice more clearly than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to talk today specifically about growth. Growth is like one of my, my favorite topics, one of my most passionate topics that I love to talk about all the time, um, but it's because I feel like it is, it is so important to leadership, and all of you are leaders. And so as leaders, if we ever stop growing, wherever we stop growing, that is a cap that we can no longer lead people. Like there's a little bit of, of leading we can do if we are like already like spiritually more mature than people, but as soon as we stop growing, we're placing a, a cap on our ability to lead other people. And so as Christians, we wanna always be growing. And 1 Timothy 4 verse 15 says, give your complete attention to these matters, throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress, or one, one translation says, everyone will see your growth. And then, uh, so this is point number one. I have three points today. I'm not going to talk too long. But point number one is we want to continually be growing in all areas and submitted to the Lord. We want to continually be growing in all areas and submitted to the Lord. And so I learned, I learned early on that one of the most efficient ways to grow is if we can connect ourselves to a mentor, to a leader, to someone who knows a lot more than us. Whenever me and Chris started playing this, this Chinese board game, uh, this strategy board game, 10 years ago now? How long is a long time ago? Yeah, I don't know. So, so we started playing this game just as like a, a personal challenge. We wanted to see who could beat the other person who was better. And I realized really quick, quickly that Chris was naturally much, much better than I was at strategy board games. And so he, I, I don't think I won a single game. And so I was like, okay, we need to flip the odds here. I need to figure out a way that I can destroy him. And so I found a, uh, a Japanese professional teacher online, and I would wake up every morning at 3 a.m. because of their time so that I could take these private lessons online. And I didn't tell him what I was doing. And we like, took like a one-month break. And then we came back, and I destroyed him so bad, it wasn't even fun to play for a little while because it was like he just had no chance. And so, so as leaders... As Christian leaders, though, we have access to the Holy Spirit, who John 14, 26, it says that he will teach us all things. And so we want to continually be growing, but in uh, productivity circles and in uh, leadership circles, there's always this desire to be excelling that you already need to have achieved everything that you want to achieve. If you're in your 20s, you should already be world class if you want to become famous. And so everyone is always pushing and striving so incredibly hard to like be where they want to be in 10 years, but right now. And honestly, there's lots of depression because of it. There's lots of uh, stress. There's lots of misery of people just trying to push so incredibly hard. So I want to be very clear. That is not what I'm talking about. What I want to talk about is supernatural spiritual growth, where we see that there was supernatural gifts of creativity in the Old Testament. To where they would do incredible things, and I want us to learn as Christian leaders, how do we connect into supernatural growth so that we can continue to grow in whatever area the Lord is calling us to excel at? 
Um, and it's not about pride, it's not about being world-class or becoming famous, but humility is not ignoring our gifts, it's using our gifts to love God and to love others. It's not ignoring our platforms that God gives us, but it's using those platforms to love him and to love other people. But it, there, it's impossible for us to do everything that we are called to do if we are trying to do it in our own strength and in our own power. You'll just be like me versus Chris Needham without a teacher in a board game. You're going to lose every time. You don't want to play against him in like strategy games, like on even odds, because he's just, he'll, he'll beat you every time. And so... Uh, about eight, eight years ago now, Pastor Randy came up to me and he asked me and my wife to be the Spanish pastors of our, of our Spanish service, or our Spanish community group at that time. And I was very confused because I am white, if you can't tell, like completely white. Like in, in high school, I took French, not Spanish. I knew no Spanish. And the only reason I took French was because I thought it would give me a better chance on like dates with girls. Like I could like try to impress them somehow. So that was like where my thinking was, okay? I never learned Spanish. And uh, so Pastor Randy came up to me and asked, you know, will you help lead the Spanish service? And I was like, okay, I'm, I'll try. And, uh, and so I just began to pray. I began to talk with my wife. And my wife did speak Spanish, by the way. So that was a little bit of a, a shortcut there. So she, in the beginning, she would help translate for me. And then, uh, and then I got all these prophecies that I was going to supernaturally be able to speak Spanish and that God was going to just like drop it in, into me. And so I just kept waiting for it. I did like a little bit of Rosetta Stone and like I think Duolingo or some kind of phone app at the time. I was like, I'm going to learn Spanish. And so two years goes by. I still don't speak any Spanish. Like if we're having a conversation, I can get like, hola, como esta? And then like they respond. But if they say anything other than bien y tú, I'm like completely lost at that point. So I have to try to control the conversation and manipulate the conversation with every single person I talk to to keep it in like a realm where I can like semi get by. And it was really bad. So after two years, I finally realized, okay, this is not working. I'm not getting like this supernatural miracle drop in in my head. So I need to figure out what's going on. And uh, so I, I made a decision to step back from learning Spanish. And I took three months to pray to ask the Lord what I should do differently. And then also, out of that, I began to study how do I learn Spanish. And I did it in this time of like prayer. So I would wake up early, I would pray, get in the presence of God, and then I would begin to study and research what is the best way to learn a language. And then out of that, three months, I didn't, I didn't study Spanish at all, I just studied how do you learn Spanish. And then at the end of that, I began to study Spanish. And within a year, I was conversational conversationally fluent at that point. And so the Lord helped me and it was anointed and it was blessed and I finally started making progress. But I realized at that point, we have to learn to connect the Holy Spirit into every single thing that we do, into every area of growth in our lives. And I think everybody is good at this in some areas. Like some people are really good at connecting the Holy Spirit into their finances or into their Bible study or into their family life. But we need to learn to connect the Holy Spirit into every single area of our life. Um, in Proverbs 3, verse 6, in the Passion Translation, it says, be intimate with him in whatever you do, and you will be successful wherever you go. So we will never find our strength and our success in striving and just pushing super, super hard, but we will find our success in our knees, on our knees, 
in prayer and then asking him, how do we go? Where do we progress from here? And then just walking out the rest of our life with him. And so it has to be the Psalm 127. I'm not going to go into it because I, I teach it all the time. But the Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. But they're still builders. They're still building. But they're just building what the Lord is building. And so that's what our life should look like. We should be building whatever the Lord is building. And so that's become my, my life scripture. And, and a key part, very practically, of my daily life is I go to the Lord in prayer. I pull out my journal. I, I write down everything that I think I'm supposed to be doing. And I just ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do today? And what do you want me to do today? And how do I do that? How are we going to walk this out? And then as I begin to walk it out with him, then I've just noticed it just becomes so much easier because we've connected and tapped into that supernatural uh, lifestyle because he's connecting himself to it. And so we ha- it, it doesn't happen by accident. It's not just going to be something that the Lord drops in us, but it's something that we do with him. Or most of the time, he doesn't just drop it in, in us. Most of the time, it's something that he wants to develop with us as we walk it out with him. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, that needs to be the scripture of how we run, of how we push whenever we are pushing for great things. It says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So it doesn't mean that we're not running. It doesn't mean that we're not going after great things, but the difference is we're doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can run without weariness. And if we are running and pushing for things and we're getting really weary, then it's a sign that we're doing it in our own strength instead of tapping into the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And so you need to draw back at that point and ask the Lord, okay, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Why is this? Why, am, why is it in my own strength? And how do I tap into your supernatural strength, ability, creativity to keep progressing in this area? So point number one is continually be growing in all, all areas submitted to the Lord. Then point number two is in all areas of growth, generously tear the loaf. And so once we start learning, once the Lord starts giving us and blessing us with, with whatever area that, that we're talking about, it's not just finances, talents, gifts, singing ability, uh, knowledge in our workplace, whatever the Lord begins to give you, we have to generously, te- generously tear the loaf as he leads. Otherwise, again, our growth is going to become stunted because stewardship in the kingdom of God is giving away what the Lord has blessed as he leads you to give it away. That is good stewardship. So with our gifts and our talents and our money and everything, we have to generously tear the loaf. And it's, it's not just the big things. I think sometimes as we become like stronger and healthier Christians, it becomes very easy to honor God with the big things. Like whatever we're really good at, it's very easy to like give it away. Like if you're an incredible singer, a lot of times it's easier to go get up on a platform and worship and sing and give it away and worship the Lord because you're so confident in who you are. But what we need to do, if we are going to generously tear the loaf, we need to, to tear the loaf of the areas that we're not confident in yet. So in, in the story of, of the feeding the 5,000, there wasn't enough bread. There wasn't enough food. And like that's the whole point of the scripture. That's why everybody talks about it. So our talent is not enough for what God is speaking to us about. 
We don't have a big enough skill set or gift set. And if, if you have enough, then you're probably not dreaming with God. You're probably thinking practically about what you can accomplish or what you want to do for the Lord. And so we need to begin to dream bigger with God and let him challenge us to the point where we know it is beyond our ability. It's something that we can't do. Every year as we start getting ready for a Tensi conference or, or Dwell conference, there's always a point. So I was talking with, with my dad about this. There's a point where like, we begin to talk about everything that we want to do. And so we make all these lists and all these plans and we pre-plan everything. And then one to two weeks before conference, that list like quadruples in size of everything that we want to do before conference. And it gets like really stressful, I think, for new people sometimes because there's so many last minute changes and we're trying to figure it out. But I've learned there's actually a point where it becomes impossible that it's actually easier because you can't rely on your own strength anymore. It's just completely impossible. You have to tap in to the supernatural power of the Lord and just give it to him and say, God, you, you've got this, you tell me what to do and we're just gonna walk it out together. And there's no longer any stress because it is impossible. Like why stress about what's impossible? Like at that point, it's completely the Lord and we have to tap into that. And so in Isaiah 45, verse two, verse six, two through six, it says, I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. And then it says, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. We don't have enough. We're not gonna have enough ability for the dreams, for the callings, for the destiny of the Lord. But he will supernaturally multiply it back to us as we begin to tear as we begin to give it away. And so there's three very practical things that, I, that I've learned come as we begin to generously tear the loaf. The first one is that it's the only way that I've discovered to tap into supernatural creativity is by giving away what we already have. Whenever Ryan came and, uh, and he first started serving us, it was, he was always, it was always great. It was always like good work. Like it was, it was acceptable work. And then, uh, and then there was one year, there was one year where I don't remember if you were dreaming or we were dreaming together, but we're like, man, we, our photography, our capture, our stewardship of what God is doing at conferences needs to go to another level. And so it wasn't even really his job at the time, but there was a supernatural creativity that came on him. He chose to tear the loaf, to pour himself into learning this and to giving it away that it felt like five years of technical, creative skill got dropped into him in about like two weeks. And it was because of just him tearing the loaf. And you can go back and look at, at pictures from our conferences, and there's one year where it, like the quality jumps so far forward that it can only be described as the blessing of the Lord upon his life. There's no other way to explain it than a supernatural impartation. And then it didn't, it didn't just stop there. It just kept, once he learned how to tap into that, then the creativity from the Lord just kept growing and growing and growing year after year. And so, number one, whenever we begin to tear the loaf generously of our abilities, that is how we tap into the supernatural creativity of the Lord. God can do stuff, something through you that's never been done before. Like, never been done. Number two is he will give us hidden resources and wealth and treasures that we need to be able to accomplish something that is far beyond us. He does not want to give us what we need just to survive. He wants to trust us to be able to give us what we need to take care of the entire world. 
to bless the world, to be a body of Christ. And it's not gonna look like enough initially, but it's as we tear the loaf, as we keep giving away, he'll keep blessing it. And then number three is whenever we become a people who generously tears the loaf, every person that comes around us is gonna become marked or touched by the presence, the blessing, the creativity of the Lord. I want us to be Christian leaders who leave a mark on every single person who, who comes around us because we are so sensitive to what the Lord is speaking, what the Lord is saying, what the Lord is doing, that when people come around that we see what the Lord is doing in their life, not just what is visibly apparent. apparent. You know, it's, it's very easy to prophesy like the problems you see in people's life. Like you can probably get like a 75% success rate just trying to prophesy problems. But if I want us to be a people who can tap into the supernatural gifts of the Lord. So number one, keep growing. Number two, tear the loaf. And then number three is, as you give, we have to perpetually replenish ourselves through the Holy Spirit. In uh, Jeremiah 33, verse three, I feel like it's like half of Christians, like favorite scripture, right? <laughs> Call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. And they're like, I see 333 all the time. And uh, I'm not calling anyone out. I, the Lord spoke to me that way. Okay. Um, but it's like all of our favorite scriptures. But the context of that scripture is so, so Jeremiah was imprisoned in Jerusalem by his own people because the king did not like what he was prophesying. So he was imprisoned in like the inner courtyard of Judah. And this was during the start of the Babylonian siege where they were taking over Jerusalem. So all of Judah was literally destroying all of the houses around the city to try to create defenses to keep the Babylonian army out. So it's like they're under siege. They're very clearly losing, like completely losing. There's no hope. And then Jeremiah's been prophesying what's going to happen for a while. And then he's imprisoned by his own people. And then God tells him, call to me and I will answer you in that context and says, I will, I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. And then he begins to go into a prophecy that is not only the restoration of all of Israel and Judah into one nation, but he begins to, God begins to give him the prophecy for the return of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lion of David, even into the eternal, uh, into Jerusalem. So it was like this prophecy that was like immediate into like 1,000 years later, what he was going to do into the, the return of Christ thousands of years later. And so it's just this really, really beautiful prophecy in this incredibly hard time. And so the reason I'm saying that is we need to learn that it doesn't, regardless of what it looks like, whenever we give out everything that we have, if we are not consistently refilling ourselves, then we are going to become drained. We're going to become, you know, and you see this with lots of prophets in in the Old Testament. You see this some in the New Testament where, where men of God, they just keep giving and giving and giving. But we have to continually refresh uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, or else we are going to become drained. And I don't want to focus too much on that other than to say, what does your personal secret place look like on a daily basis? Like, where is your daily secret place that you go to to dream with the Lord, to be refilled? Like, it's not enough to just come do it here in our corporate dwells. Like, that's great. Well, where is your personal secret place with God? to dream with him. And so what I wanna close with is, is four things. I like numbers. 
I don't know if you can tell. Got like three points, three sub points, and then four closing points. So, uh, but these are just like whatever. Okay, so number one is wait on him. Number two, dream with him. Number three is grow with him. Number four is give with him. I'm gonna give you number five just because I got a little bit of pastor running me too, so I just add stuff. So give with him. And then number five is then refill with him. And I feel like if you do that, you are, you're not going to be able to prevent. You're going to be so healthy spiritually, it's going to overflow into every area of your life. That you're going to continually grow. And you will, you will be a leader in your sphere of influence that God has given you. You'll be a good steward of that. And then God is going to continually grow your circle of influence because you are being a good steward of that. Amen? Amen. All right, let's close in prayer. Lord, teach us to steward the secret place with you. Teach us to dream with you, to connect into your supernatural creativity, your supernatural strength, that we would run and not grow weary, Father, that we would soar on eagles' wings by the power, by the presence of your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would continue to minister to us and, and this week specifically call every person here into times of, of deeper encounters and, and relationship with you in their own personal secret places. Show them where that is. Teach them to hear your voice more clearly. In Jesus' name, amen.